Welcome to the Cookery by the Book podcast with Susie Chase. She's just a home cook in New York City, sitting at her dining room table, talking to cookbook authors. Hello, my name is Joe Guerrero, and I'm here today to talk about my new cookbook, which I wanted the title to be Taking the Intimidation Out of Cooking Seafood, but I was, um, um, let's see, I was outvoted by <laughs> my project manager, my writer, my, my publisher, uh, my, uh, my wife, my assistant, and they said the name's too long, even though that's the premise of the book. And so they, they came up with the name Joe Knows Fish. So you're the owner of Citarella Markets, New York's most respected seafood authority. First off, the burning question. Well, two burning questions. Why did you write this cookbook and why are people afraid to cook fish? Um, being in the business for, you know, 40 years, that's all I've heard. Or that's a lot of what I've heard from my family, my friends, and my customers. How do I do this? How do I do that? How do I do this? How do I do that? And um, I think so. That that was so. That was that that was the purpose, my incentive to write the book. Um, I w- I've been wanting to write this book for about 15, 20 years, but I was too busy bu- building a business. And now, uh, my I, I hired different people, and I've been able to take the time to write the book so that's what i've done um so that answers your first question now the second question was why the reason why in my opinion is because it's delicate um it's handling a piece of fish uh it requires finesse um, you know, even, even when, um, I, I'm going to make you laugh, but even when I hire, when I used to hire fish, seafood guys, I would look at to see how they picked up the piece of fish because you had some guys, they would pick it up like a bricklayer <laughs> and you can't, you can't do that. You can, you know, you could pick up a steak like a bricklayer or you could pick up a chicken like that, but you need soft hands. Because because of the delicateness, the delicateness of it. But it's very. But it's. I know it sounds funny, but it's very true. And and because of that, people, uh, you know, even years ago, um, when they're cooking, you know, you cook a steak, you cook your chicken. It's going to take you twenty minutes. Whatever whatever you're going to do. But when you're cooking a piece of fish, literally could take you. Two minutes on each side. So, you know, in the cookbook, I joke around. I say, don't answer your cell phone because if you do, it's going to be more than two minutes and you're done. <laughs> and, and, and you're not going to achieve what you want to achieve. For cookbook lovers outside of New York City, give us a little background on Citarella. Well, Citarella started as a, I bought this little seafood market that was 12 feet wide uh, in 1983. And it was just a seafood market. And um, I was in my 20s. And um, I was always uh, entrepreneurial, I guess, and uh, my aggressive nature. 
And um, I started expanding right away. Um, my store was a middle store of the building. So on the, on the, 70, on the 75th Street corner side, the, to, the, to the north was, were, were three other stores, a candy store, a dry cleaners, and a shoe repair. And they were all older people. And uh, so one by one, I, I took the three of them over. And shortly thereafter that, I was able to purchase the building. And on my other side was a clothing store. And the clothing store was paying me rent. But right after, I'm going to say six months after I purchased the building, I got a, I got a knock on the door. Yeah? The IRS. I said, what do I do now? They said, it's not you. It's your tenant. We're locking him up. He hasn't paid taxes. So they put a lock on the store. And they... Could, they closed the, the, every bank account the guy had, whatever it was. And in 30 days, they gave me the store back, even though that guy had a lease. That, that you know, I, They gave me the store back. So now I said, what am I going to do? So I started talking to people. I started thinking. And I went into the meat business. And, and, and I, went, I went into, I made a separate store called Citarella Meats. And that was in 1991. And I didn't want to damage my seafood reputation, which I had established. And I, you know, I was afraid. I didn't want to damage that reputation. So I made it, I kept it separate. And I started a meat store. But shortly thereafter, I realized what a mistake it was. And then I took the wall down and that's when Cinderella became full-blown Cinderella, as you know today. Describe growing up as an immigrant fisherman's son. When he came to this country, I believe it was 1948. He went to, I think he went to, he went to Boston, then California, then back to New York. He was working for a mattress company, working for different things. And at that time in New York, from where he's from in Sicily, which is a town called Shaka. S-C-I-A-C-C-A, there's a lot of, there was maybe a dozen people from Shaka that had fish stores in the five boroughs. And that's how he got into the seafood business. So he had a, so he, he opened a one-man seafood shop. Well, I think, I think he went to work for somebody first, and then he opened his own once he learned the business. Take us back to the days when the Fulton Fish Market was downtown underneath the Brooklyn Bridge. There was a lot. Of, there was a lot of warmth. There was a lot of character. Um, it was the, the conditions were a lot rougher working working down there, because shortly after I conquered Cinderella, I became a partner in the in the place in a concern in the Fulton Fish Market, and um, shortly after that, I was I was working there. I was working two jobs. I'd be getting up to two o'clock in the morning, going to the fish market, working there. And when, when that's done by 10 o'clock, then I would be coming up to Cinderella and doing my second job. But working in the fish market, it was, um, you know, there was a lot of character. There were, there were, there were a lot of characters also. Um, but the winters were cold right underneath the Brooklyn bridge on the river. And, you know, even though I loved it and, 
I, I still miss it. You know, it's, it, it's a sign of the times. You had to get into health code, you know, uh, a refrigerated building in the cold chain to preserve the seafood. So it, it was time. But, it, but uh, that building lasted over 100 years. I miss it, too. I miss being over there with the sights and the smells. And you could see the fish flying in the air. You know, it was, uh, it was it, listen, it, 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 it was quite an interesting place. It really was. I'm dying to hear your thoughts on sauces. On sauces. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm a really simple guy. I eat simple. I like grilled. I'm not a saucy guy. And don't get me wrong, I've gone to those tasting meals. And John George is my friend. And uh, uh, they're all my friends. They're all, I, I know them all. But for me, I, I just want a plain, simple grilled piece of fish. Um, if, you, if you want, I'll put some olive oil on it. But uh, that's what I like. That's my, but again, that's me. Speaking of olive oil, I was surprised to read that you don't cook fish with butter. I never cook fish with butter. How come? Um, for me, it's a personal, it's more of a personal preference. Uh, I do use butter for other things, but the dairy will overpower the seafood flavor. It, it, and, it's, and even to make a seafood stock or out of shrimp shells or whatever it is, it will be camouflaged, you know? I love oysters. I love oysters from, I, I, I was just in Europe and I had oysters in Spain. I had oysters in London and I, and I had, and I had sea urchins in Sicily. So I, when I eat them, I want to taste the oyster. Matter of fact, when I was in London, they had some, they had some, they also had some oysters from Ireland, which were very good also. But I get the oysters on the half show and I eat them. So I'm, I'm order, ordering oysters, and the guy, the, the guy at the table next to me, he got a dozen oysters, but he's putting his cocktail sauce, he's squeezing his lemon. Now, if I get four well fleets or, or four, four main oysters or four Rhode Island oysters, I want to taste the salinity, I want to taste the, the plumpness, I want to taste everything. The guy that put the cocktail sauce or the lemon or the vinegar, the mignonette sauce on it, he's not going to be able to tell the difference. So that's not what I do. It, it, it camouflage. You defeated the purpose of ordering four, three different types of oysters because you want to taste the difference. Once you put the cocktail sauce on it, you're not going to know the difference of anything. This cookbook is dedicated to your wife and the memory of your mentor and friend, Tony Morota, who taught you mm-hmm. the rules of the road. Once you settle yeah. for mediocre, they will sell it to you every time. Tell us about Tony. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Okay. Tony was a class act, and um, Tony was a kind of guy who was like Mr. Clean. He had a brand new white jacket every day with a white cap, and he was um, he was a uh, he was Mr. Perfection. His fish store happened to be in Brooklyn, and we met because we parked our trucks next to each other. So we became we started to become friendly. And I, I was in Manhattan, and he was in Brooklyn. In Manhattan, it's you get a, it's it's less. Uh, you, the items that you sell here, you you sell a fuller line of products. Where in Brooklyn, in an Italian neighborhood or or in a Jewish neighborhood, you're you're not going to sell the oysters or you're not going to sell certain items. But in Manhattan, you sold everything. 
Tony gave me a lot of pointers, and then I just applied myself, and I just took everything further. He was a, he was a, he was a great guy. What was the best thing he ever taught you? Quality. Always the best. Knowing what the best is, the quality. Absolutely. I like how this cookbook is divided up by styles and not by fish types. For example, you have a chapter dedicated to poaching and steaming and another one for tossing with pasta. Talk a little bit about that. The reason why I have the chapters the way I did, it's again, it's all related to taking the intimidation out of cooking seafood. So the first one is grilling. And the grilling is the easiest one and it'll be most comfortable for people that are intimidated because I'm sure they know how to grill a burger or they know how to grill a steak. So cooking a piece of tuna and swordfish would be very similar. That's why I started with grilling. And then after grilling, you, I, go, I go to baking and roasting. Again, there's not as much work involved. You put the fish on a pan and you put it in the oven. And the same thing with the broiling. Then as you, when you go down, the next one is sauteing. Sauteing requires a little movement. You got to take it. You got to flip it. It, it requires a, a, a little more work. And, and similar, even to the frying part, or even the, 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 the pasta part with the, uh, whether it's clams, the cuttlefish ink, or the, uh, botarga, you know, there's a, requires a little bit more move, movement and putting things together. That's how I wanted to write the book as more complicated as it goes down. Okay, so home cooks have their seafood shop or even the seafood section in our grocery store. Now, what are the top three things we need to look for in terms of picking out fresh fish? First, you have to trust your fishmonger. You have, you, you, if, if, if the place has a good reputation, number one. But I think the easiest, you know, everyone says, what do I look for? Do I look at the eyes? Do I look at this? What's it? Looking for fresh seafood is the best way that I could describe it simply is it has to look like it's an HD. Did you see a couple of weeks ago in the news, a fish market in Kuwait stuck googly eyes on their less than fresh fish to make it look like they were fresh? Really? I, I, I didn't you, see that. You have to look it up. It's hilarious. Anyway. That's send, can you send it to me? Yes, I'll send it to you. Joe at Cinderella.com. Send it to me. Okay. <laughs> it was really funny. Anyway, is it bad that I hate deboning fish? You know, I'll make you laugh. I have a friend who happens to love spaghetti and clam sauce, and I, and I have a favorite place that does it pretty well. And I said, Tom, you want to go? He doesn't like to get his fingers dirty to take the clamshells out. <laughs> he does. I love him. I look at him. <laughs> I said, Tom, I'll do it for you, for Christ's sake. <laughs> I said, I'll do it for you. He goes, okay, so, so we went. But, you know, people are different. You know, to me, I only want that. I want a whole fish. I, want a, I, I love a whole fish. That's one of my top five. Can I have your That's guy at Cinderella debone it for me? Of course you can. They could debone it. They could fillet it. They, you, <laughs> Any good fishmonger would do anything that you want. So the other night for dinner, I made your recipes for salmon tartare, baked cod, chunky mashed potatoes, and your tomato and red onion salad. This whole meal was 
quick and so delicious. The cod, I got it at Citarella, naturally. I got everything at Citarella. The cod was flaky and moist, and the salmon was like butter. Fish is such a good family weeknight dinner option, don't you think? Listen, um, I think not only that, um, with all its oils and all the health reasons for it. Now to my segment called My Last Meal. If you had to place an order for your last supper, what would it be? Probably would be, I started off with a little caviar. Then I'd probably have some oysters. And then I'd have a little bit of, whether it's spaghetti and clam sauce or, or even spaghetti with the botarga, which, which, which I had in Sicily two weeks ago, which was out of control. Ridiculous. And then I, w- I would have a piece of a, a, a grilled piece of whole fish. That, that would be my last meal. Where can we find you on the web, social media, and in New York City? On the web, it's, it is Cinderella.com. There is also JoeKnowsFish.com. And we are also on Facebook. And where are your locations in New York City? New York City, we are on the Upper West Side on 75th and Broadway, on the Upper East Side on 75th and 3rd, and we are in Greenwich Village on 6th Avenue and 9th Street, and we are also, we have three stores in the Hamptons, one in Bridgehampton, one in East Hampton, and one in Southampton. There's, I have a Cinderella in Greenwich, Connecticut. Oh, I didn't even know that. And now we're all, we are opening it in Hudson Yards. Oh, really? That's exciting. It is. That's the hot spot. It's going to be some project, I'll tell you that right now. Well, thanks, Joe, for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Follow me on Instagram at Cookery by the Book. Twitter is I am Susie Chase. And download your kitchen mixtapes, Music to Cook By, on Spotify at Cookery by the Book. And as always, subscribe in Apple Podcasts. 